All right, Kev, we're back after another long hiatus. We seem to be on a uh, any Monday holiday knocks out our podcast, and I don't I don't mind that during the great days of summer. But I'm thrilled to be back here. We got a lot to get to tonight. We are going to delve into the NFL. We're going to delve into the Ryder Cup. We're going to do a little bit of everything. I'm I'm very excited. Sports is in is in full swing, and I'm here for it. Yeah, excited to be back. Um, exciting time of year for. Obviously, with the NFL kicking off last yesterday was great. Um, a lot of exciting stuff to talk about from that, just to recap and some thoughts going into next week, obviously. But um, and some some exciting golf stuff to get to as well. We got a couple weeks out now from the Ryder Cup, so um, that's going to be wildly entertaining as well. And so we um, have plenty to discuss. But yeah, I'm excited as well. Yeah, I know, I know we're a golf podcast, but me and you were sort of talking offline, and there's just not a ton of golf to talk about. So we're not going to bludgeon people over the head with the same exact golf talk every single week, but we're sort of going to do that too. We're, we're going to get to the, uh, the Ryder cup tonight. And, you know, as, as we'll see in the news that are released, like one of the, um, one of the philosophies that I'm sort of curious about, or, or at least that I thought of as soon as the rosters were released, that uh, I was struck at how deep team Europe was, but then I was sort of going through like, who are the actual best players in this tournament and sort of came out with a different exercise. So I know tonight later on, we're just going to draft players regardless of country to see, you know, what, what country has the the best overall players, I guess, regardless of team fit. Um, but before we get to that, we got to touch on some football. It's obviously the the best thing that's going on right now. And I have to say my big takeaway from this week is not, one game specifically, but this is my first season with Sunday ticket and it has opened up a whole new world for me. I don't know if you got that with YouTube TV, but YouTube TV just opened that up. And the first time I've got to experience the quad box of four different games, the first time I've got to watch red zone and a game at the same time. And I'm just like, I'm now like Sundays for me are going to be football heaven. This is a great, great invention. Uh, invention is not the word, a great subscription by YouTube they're doing it right. And if you're a football fan, I would highly recommend spending the money, getting Sunday ticket. Those 60 yards in between the 20s are just as exhilarating as the 20s. I just love it. It's the greatest thing ever invented. Yeah. So I I uh, do not have Sunday ticket, but I was, I was contemplating getting it. And I would think I was just a little deterred because I thought it might be too much. So talk to me about the setup. I've seen like the quad box. Sometimes they offer it like during March Madness for free or just during uh, college football for free. So you can have red zone and three other games going on at the same time, basically. You can do that. You can have four games. You can have two games. You can have three games. So they basically give you the option of like pretty much every four box combo you can think of between all the games that are on and red zone. I wouldn't say it covers a hundred percent of combinations, just a lot with eight games going on plus the red zone channel. Um, but yeah, you can get at least four. And usually, you know, I a lot of fantasy implications, a lot of gambling implications. So I just found the three games that I wanted to watch for my fantasy team and then red zone and had a grand old time. I think uh, you know, for the for the first quarter of the Patriots game, like I, you know, I had to put them in the double box as well because they weren't keeping my attention, but they had the solo screen for the second three, uh, second three, the the third three quarters of that game. Once it became, you know, like an actual football game, but man, when the Patriots weren't on to be able to see some of these teams, you just never see. I almost feel 
and this definitely may be fool's gold. So I, I put a disclaimer on this, but I feel like I have a better a better idea of what some of these teams that I don't normally follow actually look like because I have a chance to actually see them play, um, you know, outside of their highlight plays. Uh, and that's for good and for bad because there were some awesome games in the first window and there were some shit ass games in the first window that I also had to watch as well. And, and that's, you know, that's not great. But I feel like this is going to give me an edge betting wise. And, you know, I'm two and three after one week. I know you're jumping on this week, too, to follow your picks. But I'm looking for five and oh going forward because I feel like I actually know the football now. Yeah, that's a great point about being able to watch, obviously, more than just the highlights, particularly for some of the teams that you're not used to watching. That's uh, something I hadn't really considered. But, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I thought the first window, just watching from the red zone perspective, was a little boring. There was a couple good games, but some some that just weren't. Um, the The second window was great, I thought. Oh, um, Patriots, Patriots broke my heart, obviously, but I have some thoughts coming out of that game about both teams. Um and yeah, I I don't know. It was just, and I have some thoughts too about the Sunday night game was was wild. Also, yeah, the Patriots. I was in the same boat as you, pretty much when they, um, after the pick six, I had to put them on timeout for a little bit. I felt bad doing that. So, but I was like, sometimes dude, it's like, necessary, dude. It's like you just don't <laughs> just deserve it. You don't deserve not it. Start not the way to start out the season. But with that being said, obviously give them props for battling back. I thought that game was over like three different times, and and I don't some of the play calling from, from Philly just was un- amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, it's yeah, like, are you, are you, are like, you really doing this right now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we have the ball back again, <laughs> but I don't know. Just uh, so, so many chances to win that game. I, I thought some of the Patriots play calling was a bit questionable as well, but um, no, a solid first week took away a lot of stuff, learned a lot for sure. Um, and yeah, both my fantasy teams are two and oh, so I can't be, I can't be too upset. Nice. I got some, uh, I need Garrett Wilson to go crazy tonight and I have a chance to actually maybe win a game this week. That would be sweet. Um, I own a lot. I know in, in a couple newsletters ago, I said that I was going to own a lot of the Seahawks. Um, I do and they suck. So I feel like a couple of my seasons are going to be over really soon because they don't, they don't look like a good football team. Um, I know they knocked uh, a couple people out of our survivor pool, the uh, surviving golf, surviving NFL pool, I was thinking back in the day, this sort of reminds me of like the Husky Beavers volleyball tournament, New England volleyball tournament like that. We need we need a long acronym like that. The the survive the SGSNFLP, I think, is what we'll, what we'll go with for that. Three That's eliminations. Right. Pledge, pledge your support. That's right. The, the Seahawks, I thought, were uh, like I said, I was a believer in them preseason. Um, but I definitely thought they were a shoe win against the Cooper Cup less Rams, uh, missing a bunch of guys, including their best offensive player. That was not correct. Uh, unfortunately, I, I took a a bath in that game. And then I think I don't know if there's like a, t- a term for this already in pop culture, but there is a team that every time I bet on them, they will lose. Every time I pass on them because I'm I don't trust them anymore, they win. And for now, probably two plus seasons, I just I get them wrong close to 100 percent of the time. And I did it again this past week. The Vikings uh, did me dirty again uh, against the, you know, fearsome Baker Mayfield led Tom Brady less bucks who were, you know, their their top players are setting deadlines. All their defensive talent is, is you know, 
is there, but their offense is struggling. They have no offensive line. Their center retires before the season. Um, yeah, the Vikings just did what the Vikings do, and that's screw me um, whenever I put some trust uh, into them. So I know I took a bath in that game as well, but um, you know I was all over uh, the Packers this week. Um, and that was sort of a fade on the Bears. It looks like I may have gotten that one correct. I, I don't think Justin Fields is a great quarterback. Um, but yeah, this I, I know we sort of touched on it and it's natural for us, but I have the most thoughts about the Patriots. I I uh I, I think I'm gonna be an obnoxious like Mac Jones supporter this season. Um I was reading after the first quarter, there were like zappy chants in the stands. Uh I have very close friends who troll me about how Zappy's better. Um, very close friends that were in my wedding with with you as well. Um, these are like my tight friends who troll me, and I just um I want no part of that this year. That was the only the only reason why we were competitive in that game is because Mac Jones looks like Mac Jones should look with something resembling a NFL offense. Uh, the slander has to stop. I know that the physical traits are not top of the line like you're not getting Justin Herbert's arm and this dude's not running everywhere but all he did last night was put the football on receivers hands and chest and unfortunately I just don't think there is enough receiver talent to make some spectacular plays that were necessary to win that game and then some very elementary ones as well because there were some very easy drops including in my opinion the game losing um, sideline catch that I feel like you see five times in every NFL game, like a, like an NFL receiver, just they just get both feet down in that scenario, like close to 100% of the time. So I don't know if you're on the Mac bandwagon with me, but I truly feel like this dude is a franchise leading quarterback. And I actually think this team is good. So I feel, you know, I know we lost, but I actually feel like this team is good now. No, I took away some positives from the Patriots game as well. I, I I was impressed with what I saw, as I mentioned earlier, just sort of the bounce back after the just horrendous start that they had. Um, and no, I'm a Mac Jones uh, supporter as well. I think I think there should not be any questions about him having the starting um, job. There was one game last season where I will say it was Zappy played a little bit, and I was impressed with his. Um, I'll say composure in the pocket. Like I felt mm. like he made good decisions under pressure, but at no point did I ever think that he should take the starting job away from Mac Jones, even last year. Um, and certainly this year, I think that Mac Jones has improved quite a bit. Um, the pick six was not his fault at all. And yeah, that the, the catch at the end of the game, I thought also was routine. You see throws sometimes that take receivers um, too far out of bounds, but if that throw is, if you get your hands on that ball, like a foot or two out of bounds. Right. Like you said, most receivers just know to leave their feet back. And I think that he was in a position physically where he could have done that and, and just didn't like, I don't know if he thought he had more room or just, he didn't know. Um, Second time that like, game too. Did yeah, the exact yeah. same thing early in the game, big spots is just. Yeah. Yeah. It's disappointing, disappointing for sure. But I'm, I agree. I think, I think the team, um, it was strong. It was nice to see the run game sort of come on at the end there and a little bit of screen game kind of wake up a little bit towards the end of the game because the uh, I don't think Stevenson did much at all in the first half. He really weren't able to run the football. Um, so I hope that that part of the game gets a little bit stronger. Um, but the defense looked good. I thought they got some good pressure on on Hurts. Um, and he just burned him a couple in a couple key spots with his legs like he'll do. But um 
yeah, I think I'm kind of down. The Eagles to me don't look, and I have some thought. I I have some thoughts on that game for next week, which is we'll get to in a little bit. But, um, yeah. And the other wow. shocking game to me was the was the Bengals. Oh my um, gosh, the, T Higgins, the man, off, T Higgins, the offensive Zero performance points. just just abysmal. I I don't know. I did not see that coming. I think the I think the Browns are going to be good this year, but. Um, I don't know what's going on with, with the Bengals. So that was, that was also very shocking to me. So this is a Sunday ticket exclusive. Actually that game was on national TV, so I shouldn't say that, but I, I feel like going forward, I am very excited to bet against the Browns in the coming weeks, because I feel like that performance is going to get overblown, um, in, in the lines coming up. I thought their defense looked awesome. I thought their offense was still awful just like last year i don't think watson like looked good so i'm kind of excited to to bet them uh bet against them going forward when they actually play um a team that i have any confidence in um they're they're not doing that this week so they probably won't be on my card but uh i i sort of think they'll get a little overblown and then the bengals like what what is that like what what just happened? I know for fantasy purposes, it really screwed me. I just mentioned him, my, my guy, T. Higgins, uh, looking for a new contract, want to be paid like an alpha, zero catches for zero yards. That's a fat 0. 0.0 in fantasy if you don't, you know, if you're not familiar with the scoring. Um, pretty disappointing stuff. Uh, I'd like to think that's going to be an aberration, but I also feel like sometimes, like when you get teams that just start feeling themselves like a little too much. Like this happens sometimes, like you paint the target on your back, you talk a little bit too much trash and then teams that don't usually, you know, have a reason to get extra up for you do. Um, Maybe that was the case this week because I know Jamar Chase was in the media, you know, talking about the Browns and their secondary and like, yeah, you can't come out and have, you know, not score a touchdown as, you know, the, the highest paid player in NFL history playing quarterback. Very big surprise in that game. Sort of an ugly game overall, too, with the weather and whatnot. Was not on not one of the more watchable uh games of, of that slate. So um speaking of teams feeling themselves, I noticed so I, I was just reading through the um newsletter a couple of days ago, but I went back to look and see what your uh five picks were. And I saw you didn't nothing mm-hmm. on the, the game tonight. So do we have thoughts on tonight's uh Monday night football game? Because I do I have some thoughts. I, I do as well. I like the Jets. I do. I do too. I do. Yeah. I, I think uh, the Jets, I think the Jets just win. I, I agree. Uh, yeah. I have them. I have the money line. I know it's like, you know, it's basically like an even money, money line, pretty close game, but it, it's as much an endorsement uh, on the Jets as it is a fade on the Bills. Uh, I just think the Bills sort of got figured out at the end of last year. And, t- you know, their defense, I think, has always been overrated. Um, because it's pretty easy to play defense when you're usually up by 30 points going into the second half like they were. But I also feel like their offense got figured out a little bit. I don't know if it was Allen being hurt or, or being beat up or something or not playing well, but um, I didn't think they looked like a super potent offensive team most of the end of last year, including the playoffs. So um, I definitely like the Jets defense against the Bills offense. Like I think that matchup favors the Jets a little bit. Um, but more importantly, I I don't think like if you have to put a weakness on the Jets, it's probably the offensive line. But I don't think the Bills like have rushers to actually exploit that. So I actually think it plays out quite well. I think um you know I I saw the Jets a couple times in person last year, um and they looked like like I saw them against the Patriots and it felt like their defensive line like 
as a unit was in the backfield, like every single play last year. I feel like that was, uh, you know, present for a lot of teams they played. Um, but like their quarterback play was just so bad that it didn't matter. And now, you know, I don't, I don't care if this is like MVP Rogers, but it's definitely not Zach Wilson. And I think that's like an enormous, enormous upgrade for them. Yeah. I think it always is tread a little bit lightly. Anytime there's this much hype on the jets, like coming into any season was, we've seen it sort of in the past happen like this, but you know, the whole hard knocks thing, obviously everything's super built up with Rogers being there now too. Um, so I think overall the season ends up being a little bit of a letdown of what most people think, but I, I, I really do like, them in the, I like them in this spot um, tonight for sure. So, so we'll see how that plays out, but yeah, the ASC East is going to be tough this week because I, I was impressed with the doll. I mean, that game, the dolphins uh, chargers game was incredible as well. Um, and so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think it's going to be tough to win that division. And also the, um, the AFC South is going to be, or, or North, excuse me, is going to be very difficult as well. We mentioned the Bengals sort of having that tough week one, but yeah. I mean, and I was a little higher on, we, you and I talked about this before. I was a little higher on Pittsburgh, I think, coming in. Obviously they had a very poor performance against the 49ers. Um, so we'll see how they bounce back. They got, they're playing Cleveland at home this week um, coming up on Monday night. So um, we'll see how that game pans out. But I, uh, yeah, I was, I was all over being off Pittsburgh in week one because I'm on a personal strategy this year of whoever Bill Simmons picks, I'm just going to automatically pick the opposite. And it's been quite profitable so far. Um, <laughs> he was all over the Steelers um, to win the division over the win total to, to cover in week one, I was heavy against all three of those. I obviously hit the Niners. I don't know how the season one will go, but yeah, I just, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm fading him um, and he was all over the Steelers. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, the Niners, not really a surprise for me. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league. And like I said, if you're not a Pittsburgh believer, I felt like that was, that was pretty one-sided. Um, Dallas looked pretty damn sweet last night too. Uh, that was a pretty easy cover <laughs> 40, 40 to nothing. Um, and I felt like truly bad for the giants offense. Like that wow. was a pitiful performance. And I mean that in like the literal sense, like I was sitting there like, man, like just get these guys to the locker room. Cause somebody's about to get killed. I can't believe, on, I can't believe the that Daniel Jones. Oh my God. There for that long. He, he was, was getting, just... absolutely getting killed. They're down 40 to nothing with like three minutes left in the game. Like he's still out there taking hits. That was a risky uh -huh. ass move. And I know like, uh, like uh, Collinsworth was saying like, yeah, he's like doing it for his team to like prove how tough he is. And I was like, dude, I don't care how tough he is. Like the head coach right there has to be like, this is our entire season just getting crushed every single play. Um, but I don't think he got hurt. But man, like every single offensive play, it felt like there was somebody immediately in his face. And then as soon as he turned to escape them, like somebody else, like crushing him from the blind side. So, yeah, impressive performance yeah, by Dallas. Cowboys, Cowboys looked real solid. I mean, they don't even, they didn't re honestly really need much of an offense or at least much of a performance from Zach, uh, from Dak, excuse me, um, with performance like that from their defense and special teams. I mean, they had, it seemed like they had 14 or whatever they scored right off the bat in like seconds, it seemed like. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to be really strong. Dak didn't really have to do much, right? Like he threw for, I don't know, maybe like 100 and something yards yeah. and just no no picks, and and that was enough. Pollard um, had a great game, I think like 70, 70 and two touchdowns. So if they can run the ball like that, and, and like I said, their defense and special team is, is going to be that strong, um, they're definitely a, a solid team in the NFC for sure. Yeah, so – I don't know about you, but I got some favorites after week one of teams that I sort of like, and I sort of rode those into my picks for this week. And like I said, I'm two and three. You're starting off zero, zero. We'll be publishing these every week uh, in the newsletter. That's survivinggolf.substack.com. The newsletter will come out tomorrow with the podcast, hopefully, um, if we get this technology right. Um, but I'm going to chart my picks. Kev's going to chart his picks and and see who comes out on top and if we're actually like semi-decent at actually knowing what football is. Um, Probably not. Yeah, we'll see. It's not a, not a great start for me, although I feel like the Pats really did me dirty um, not getting that two-point conversion to cover that game against the Eagles. They deserve the cover at least, but it doesn't matter. It's not how it works. Um, starting off with our aforementioned Cowboys, my number one pick uh, of the week and not in order of strength, just like the one I'm going to read first. I like them all the same, except for one, which I'll get to, uh, is the Cowboys uh, minus three and a half against the Jets. And I sort of touched on it earlier. Um, if there is a uh, a weakness on this Jets team, especially this Jets offense, it is on the offensive line. Um, I don't think Buffalo has the, the tools to exploit that, but like, holy God, like Dallas certainly does. So, um, that's what I'm counting on right there is the Dallas defense to sort of dominate, hopefully give a couple short fields uh, to that offense um, to to win that game and cover. I, I believe they're at home as well. So I like that matchup. Jets coming off a short week. Obviously, you know, if something crazy happens tonight, uh, I reserve the right to change that pick. Uh, you know, like if Rodgers gets hurt, actually, if Rodgers gets hurt, I would I would like that line even more. But I think you know what I'm saying there. But so right now, you know, pending nothing catastrophic, Cowboys minus three and a half against the Jets and any number lower than that on the Cowboys, I will obviously take. Yeah. So as I was going through my picks earlier today, um, the last thought in my head before I wrote this one down was, yeah, taking a little bit of a risk here, not letting yourself see the Jets come out at least one time this year. Uh, but I also wrote that play down. So, yeah, I have Cowboys oh, minus nice. three and a half. They, they are at home. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm just very high on them in general this year. I, I think they're going to be very good and, and make a deep run into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, so I have that game as well. Love it. All right. Should I go, I go with my second one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, we talked on one of these teams already a little bit, and I know you said you're a little bit down on them. Um, I am as well, but, um, my next pick is going to be Raiders, uh, plus 10, so I think that, first of all, that number is just too high. Uh, I did, the game is in Buffalo. Um, but I was impressed with the Raiders kind of, you know, coming away with that victory there. I believe they played tight. I forget who they played. Uh, was it Denver, I believe, yep. in, the, yep. in the afternoon window. Um, neither of those teams look particularly great, to be quite honest. But um, I just think the, the Raiders have enough positive sort of things going on where they can keep it within that line and um, keep it within 10. So that's what I'm going with number two. I like that. I am, I am not a personally a 
Josh McDaniels believer despite the win, but I do feel like that number is high, but I did not, I did not touch that. I don't really know what to make against uh, about the Raiders quite yet. Um, All right. I'm going to go another, the other piece of that game last night. Uh, I like the giants. Uh, I see minus four uh, away at the Cardinals. Um, I do think this fits a lot of descriptions of a square play. Um, A, Whole, uh, road favorite traveling east to west uh coming off a short week or all red flags um i just think we're you're obviously going to get a very motivated uh giants team and more importantly a a cardinals team that you know despite being competitive against washington um who who i don't think is good uh the cardinals are are going to be trying to lose games most of the season so uh, I, I expect sort of a laid down effort there and a big Giants win to cover that number uh, again on the road, uh, east to west, off a short week. So I know how square that is, but I have confidence in it. Yeah, that's a bold one. Just given uh, the Giants' performance last week, I like that coming right um, right back on them. Yeah, the Cardinals made me a little nervous there. I know you as well. We had uh, Washington as the survivor pick. They were up on them like sort of mid to late in the third quarter there. So that was a little nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, I w- I am not on that game. So my third pick I will go with is I'm going to take uh, – this one's probably a little square too. It's a dog, but it's probably a little square is the – um Ravens plus three and a half. So they are away in Cincinnati. Um, this one scares me a little bit just because I think I'm probably overreacting a little bit to the week one uh Bengals performance. But at the same time, I also am pretty high on the Ravens um this year. I know they had the Dobbins injury, but um I don't know. I just think I I, I sort of like the way um I saw them play yesterday. And I think that um they're gonna win that division this year. So um I like them at minus three and a half. I like that. Divisional game too, right? Always, always tight. So pretty good rule there too. I like that. Um I don't have them. I'm gonna take another very square play for me. Um I like the Chargers minus three and a half at the Titans. Um and this is a uh Sunday ticket pick for me. Uh I saw the Titans play against the Saints most of that game. They were somehow forced into all the four boxes that I wanted to watch. Um that game was super ugly. Ryan Tannehill is uh incredibly bad. Um so I'm going with just the Chargers offense versus uh the Titans ability to put up points. Um I I don't think the Chargers can stop anybody. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the the Titans running game. Um, but I just don't think the Titans have enough points to stick with the Chargers, um, who will certainly need uh, a victory coming off that Miami debacle. Um, I will say this. I just read Austin Eckler is going to miss practice uh, the next couple of days. I reserve the right to take that back. Um, if he doesn't play this weekend, uh, I can post an updated pick. And I also will say if he brings the number down to like one, I'm going to take them anyway. So we'll see. Pending. I like that. Okay, uh, we spoke a little bit about this team previously uh, and not in a good way, but my next pick is going to be a little bold here. It's the Thursday night game. I'm going back to the well, baby. We're going Minnesota plus seven. You're you're absolutely Uh, crazy. (laughs) You're a madman. Again, this is is more of an indictment on Philadelphia. I really – I I just was not impressed with what I saw yesterday. So – yeah, I think seven again, seven is just too much. Um, 
You know, we've seen in the past, Minnesota obviously has all the tools. It can play super well. So I just hope I'm getting the good bounce back version of Minnesota. And, and I think that game's just going to be really tight. Um, I think the Eagles probably pull out another win, but um, I think seven is too many points. So I'm going with that. All right. I respect it. I respect it. I think you're crazy. Um, the Vikings are on hiatus for me in every form or fashion just for a little bit. Um, all right. I like the Colts. Uh, I think at the at the uh, Texans, um, Sunday ticket pick right there. Anthony Richardson like looked pretty competent in that offense, um, and the Texans look really bad. Uh, so I saw that that line at the Colts getting one and a half, and now it's the Colts are giving one and a half. Um, I'll take either one. I'd obviously prefer if they were getting points. That's that's hot analysis right there. Um, but yeah, I like them either way, just as a more competent team. That that defense looks fantastic. Um, so I like how Richardson sort of looked running an offense versus how uh, Stroud looked running an offense. I know they're two very different players, but um, I just like the the Colts' competence more than the Texans' competence in a battle of teams that will certainly be at the bottom of the league this year. I was not on that game. So for my five, is that all five for you? That's all five. I, I, oh, sorry. I have one more. It's my biggest one, but we'll get. Oh, to you it. got one more. Okay. Yep. So my last pick uh, is going to be uh, Packers minus one and a half. So again, we spoke about how, how impressive the Packers look um, last week. They are on the road this week against the Falcons uh, giving one and a half. So Packers minus one and a half, but. Um, I was incredibly impressed with their performance, particularly Jordan Love. I felt like he just he made some throw like impressive throws, not just, you know, they kind of were letting him air it out a little bit. He was throwing the ball down the field and and when guys were open, he was he was hitting them accurately. So um, I was impressed with his performance. I liked what I saw out of him and, and just the the team overall. So I'm, I'm rolling with that. Yeah. Sunday ticket inside knowledge. I, I'm not on that play, um, but I would also say that the Falcons are like the worst offense in the league outside of like the truly bad teams. Like the Falcons are actually supposed to have some expectations this year. Um, I don't know how they're going to get it done every week. If their quarterback for the, like the fifth straight season is going to throw for like a hundred yards a game. Um, and I say that partially as like an objective football fan and partially as like a super duper duper frustrated Kyle Pitts owner uh, for the third straight season. Um, their refusal to get their first round picks that they are voluntarily making uh, involved in an offense just just baffles me so i'm happy that you're on uh the team that they're playing um did, uh, Ritter, i didn't watch much of that game did he look bad oh my god dude it's terrible the whole i mean the the run game as usual is super effective they have two like explosive backs that Bijan is obviously ridiculous but they just like straight up can't throw the ball like it's, it's weird they're they're you know i heard somebody mention today like if they were in on like the Jimmy G sweepstakes when that market was like non-existent, like I just don't understand with that team why they wouldn't search for some cheap, competent, like quarterback play. Um, because this this is not it. All right. My final pick. Um, I'm I'm like in mortgage territory here. I'm gonna give it the full bet your mortgage endorsement. Um, it's the Patriots plus two and a half at home against the Dolphins. Um, and this is a double, I can give you a thousand reasons for this. Um, number one, um, I actually think the Patriots are very good. That's probably the most important reason. Um, they've traditionally, even though they've had issues beating the Dolphins these last couple of years, um, last year sort of excluded, we'll just take that away. 
they've never really let the Dolphins score a shitload of points. Even last year when they were rolling and scoring on everybody, they just didn't do that to us. Um, I like that it's at home. And more importantly, uh, I'm fading the Dolphins all season. I just think it's a fraudulent team uh, against a more fraudulent team last week. I know they have explosive players. I'm just that whole second half of last year, uh, I, I know Tua in and out, but I feel like that whole offense just got sort of figured out. I think it's a little gimmicky uh, with some, you know, some of the best players in the league, which makes it tough to stop. Um, but I actually think the Patriots will like double team Tyree kill, unlike the Chargers that it felt like an odd decision to just watch him like sprint by JC Jackson, you know, five or six times. Um, and I think, you know, without him going for a monster game, like he just did, I don't think they can beat us. And I, like I said, I don't think that defense is super impressive. Um, and I think the Patriots offense actually looks like a good offense. It was amazing to see, by the way, just as a little, a little tangent, it was amazing to see an offense that like got in and out of the huddle and like was able to run a hurry up offense and had like motion pre-snap and like different formations and like different plays and our quarterback, not screaming at our offensive coordinator for not giving him a play in time. So even if I'm wrong about this whole feeling that their offense is good, at least it looks like an NFL production this year. And we'll just take that as sort of the bright side. But I fucking yeah, love the it's Patriots. Good to have, it's good to have B.O.B. back for sure. He's my guy. Yeah, I'm, I am I love this so much. Like it's yeah, it's it's a heavy, heavy, heavy play for me. Love that. All right. I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, just going back, backtracking a little bit. Yeah, I was. uh I have Tyreek Hill on one of my fantasy teams, so I was, was pleased fun. with, the, with yeah. the result. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how they just continue to let him just run wild back there. Like they see, it's like targeted. I don't know how many targets he had, like upwards of yeah. fifteen, and just two touchdowns. Like he and he's just every, he's just everywhere, like open I, all the time. I know, I know. I, I understand like, he's fast, but you, I, yeah, you got to double him. I, I don't like. I'm not naive enough to say like if it was easy to stop him and you could just stop him by running a certain defense, like it would have happened by now. So I know that it's tough to to stop. You can't stop him, but you can certainly hold him under 215 yards and two touchdowns. And like I like you were saying, like running wide open at times, like that can't happen. Dude's gonna make plays, but it, it's got to be difficult. And that was like just a track meet for him. Um. Yeah, that that's that's a, my my rep is on the line right now. I just I, I think the Patriots are in for a, a big bounce back. Um, so we'll so. see what that what that ends up being. Um, who comes out on top this week? Who can actually you know sustain a winning record? Um, but after all that football talk, like we are a a golf podcast at the at the end of this. Um, so we do have a golf exercise for tonight. Um, that we should probably get to. And that is going to be just a draft of the entire pool of Ryder Cup participants. And and like I said, I was sort of trying to get a sense of what team maybe has more depth, what team uh, you know, had the best top end talent, what team had the best, like so-called like middle class. Um, and then I sort of had some thoughts about like what when I was like ranking my guys of of you know my rankings and how I draft them, like I had a really hard time doing some things, which I'm sure we'll get to, but um, you got, you got the pool. I got the pool first pick or second pick. What do you want? I'll go second. All right. All right. My number one pick. Uh, I went back and forth between two guys. Um, I went back and forth between Rom and Scheffler and I went with Scheffler. Uh, and that's who I'm going to go with now. Um, 
I'm not super confident that he's going to play better than Rom, but uh, you know, I've been saying this for a lot of months now, like at some point the putting just has to regress to the mean, even if the mean is just tour average or just below tour average. Um, if it, if it gets above, not the worst in the world, like this, this, you know, this is not really a conversation. So I'm hoping in these couple weeks off, uh, that that will happen. And I just trust the ball striking and, you know, the sort of the mental and the, the overall game of Scotty, uh, you know, if I were forming a, a hypothetical team there. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, that's not who I was expecting you to say though. So I don't. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna shift gears here a little bit, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go John Rom just for the um, competitive sort of aspect, match play aspect. Um, just a guy that you, I think, want on your team uh, in this format. So, um, you know, and he he just I know didn't end the season probably the way that he would have wanted to end it, but I think that uh, he comes back sort of in a big way and and plays really well. Um, so that'll, I'll go with Rom. All right. I like it. Like I said, if it wasn't going to be Scheffler, it was going to be Rom for me. Um, number three, or my, my second pick, um, you, you know, you've sort of hit my first and second in like my actual list. So I was going to say number three, my, my second pick is going to be Victor Hovland. Um, and I was sort of going between him and a couple other guys specifically. Um, but just in scorching, scorching hot form, um, you know, all season, but especially in the last couple of months, um, I like the the confidence that he's playing with. And I just think like, if you know, we're talking about the hottest player in the world, like he's probably that uh, and and he's, you know, good when he's not on a heat or two. So he's my second pick. Yeah. So I was really hoping Hovland would fall to me, but <laughs> probably correct. Can't he do did it. Not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, honestly, by my one and two, I was going back and forth between Rom and, and Hovland, and I was almost expecting you to say Hovland for your uh, first pick. So um, yeah, I like that play. All right, for me, my second pick is going to be uh, Brooks Kepka. So God I think damn he, it! All right, <laughs> I think he needs to have a big week for for Team USA to to be successful, um, and needs to be like their first or second best player. Um, and I'm expecting that of him. I, I I've never I've always been a huge Brooks guy. Um, I like him a lot, and I've never known him to shy away from the spotlight or or big time moments. So we know um, he won't be intimidated by that sort of stuff. So I'll go with him. Yep, I love that. He was. Uh, we've now hit my top four in a row um, in the order that I had them, and you know I was going back and forth between honestly all four of those guys that we just mentioned could have been like my the the number one pick in this draft Brooks was definitely in consideration was hoping that you would take somebody else and let him fall to me. Um, but I guess not. Uh, so with that said, um, I'm going to go with Rory as my third pick. Um, another team Europe guy, uh, you know, the, the, the name speaks for itself at this point. Uh, I do worry a little bit about the big game merit. Um, but he does seem to be very motivated for this competition, at least in the quotes that he's been given um, in, you know, what, what has been written about him and his teammates and what he's, you know, how, how involved he's been um, was playing some good golf at the end of the season too. So it's not like it's just a name pick, um, but I do think he is the best golfer left on the board. So um, I guess the, why he fell there for me was like the mental and sort of just a little bit of that, but um, the game is with any of those top four guys. So good to have him. 
Yep. All right. So this next one for me is a tough sort of toss up between two guys that are left on the board. I think they're kind of pretty much equal, uh, but I'm going to go with Xander for my third pick. I just was very impressed by the way he closed out um, the season, particularly at the tour championship. Um, you know, he played, he shot the same score as, as Victor, just without the uh, starting strokes. So um, yeah, I, I think that he shows up also in a big way. So I'll go with him. All right. That's the first uh, different, you know, divergence from from my official power rankings. I had him uh, a little lower um, sort of because of a theme that I'm sure we'll get to. But my next pick is going to be Tommy Fleetwood. Um, And again, I'm well aware of sort of some of the mental deficiencies and the ability to close. Um, But given what this course requires, um, you know, which is a little more precision, a little more ball striking than pure power. Um, I know reading up on it, like there are a lot of holes. Well, actually, the whole course, I guess, is has been sort of set up to be a great match play course um, in that a lot of holes have uh, fairway bunkers exactly where uh, most players driver lands in, in, in the fairway. So there is a lot of risk reward on some of these holes. I like Tommy's precision on the course. Uh, definitely played pretty well all season. Um, so if I were to take him as a proverbial captain, I would just hope that the mental holds up a little bit. All right. I like that. Uh, next pick for me is going to be Tyrrell Hatton. Um, I think again, he had an amazing season this year. Um, and again, I think he's going to sort of embrace this, uh, like loud sort of crowd atmosphere, kind of feed into that a little bit. And I think he's going to be, um, tough player to sort of contend with in, in, the Ryder Cup format, so I'll go with him. Nice, love that. It's gonna be my next pick. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, so the next guy after that is gonna be Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, will be my fifth pick. Um, crazy for me to say that. Um, considering how he started the season. Um, but I do like him on home soil. I like him with the crowd. He is a competitive dude. Uh, definitely played his best golf as the season went on. Um, so so I do like him there in this setting. Okay. Uh, next one for me is going to be Colin Morikawa. Um, he's sort of a little bit of a wild card for me in this tournament. I think he's a guy that's sort of in the middle of the pack for Team USA, but somebody that they need to have needs to have a really strong showing um, and needs to be like sort of more one of their top guys if if they're going to have a shot. So um, I'll sort of bank on him doing that. All right. Love that. Love that. Um... Going Shane Lowry next um, for many of the same reasons that I just mentioned as sort of a combo between Fleetwood and Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think him, especially with the home crowd um, is a great, uh, a great format for him, a great motivator for him. Uh, I love his short game, uh, especially out of the bunkers. And I do like his precision off the tee and with the irons. Uh, I am definitely worried. Uh, I don't have a strong uh, as it sits right now, team of putters, uh, he adds to that concern for sure. Um, but I, again, hope sort of the ball striking out and, and, you know, mental and home field advantage will will make him sort of a bargain there. All right. My next guy is going to be Ricky Fowler. Um, again, really impressed with his season this year. You mentioned putting, so obviously we know he's strong there. Um, and I just love his, like, sort of unflappableness just when he plays. Like, even when he's in contention, it seemed like – you know, for not being there so long when he was there a couple times this year, it just didn't seem like he shied away from the moment. Even when he was hitting bad shots, he just sort of like would, yep, 
carry his water bottle to the yep. next hole and then just play well. Yeah. So um I think when things get a little high pressure this year, he can kind of respond to that or this um in a couple of weeks, he can respond to that. So we'll see. Like that pick, man. Fan favorite again, unflappable is correct. Um, speaking of unflappable, my next pick, Patrick Cantley. Um, just everything I don't like about him at some point has to be outweighed by, uh, you know, the sheer solidness of his golf. And, and you know, I would take him at this spot, um, especially over the next couple of guys on my list. Okay. Next one for me, I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Um, this is a tough call. Obviously the game is, is up and down, but again, somebody that re- will respond to the alt shot format, the feeding off of the teammates energy, just going to bring a ton of energy himself. Um, and so if there's a time to sort of take him, I think this is, is a good spot. So I'll go with Jordan. Very interested to see where our list sort of end up uh, when we get to the end of this draft, because I feel like a lot of times you've taken the next guy on my list. So I feel like our lips lists are going to be pretty, pretty and similar. Is there a way for us to track? Uh, I guess we could just go with like overall. Yeah, score I got. Yeah, or, right. I don't know. Uh, we can think uh, on that. Yeah. All right. I got to do it. Um JT, my next pick. Um, and yeah, uh, I guess this is what happened when I was putting this list together. I had really no issue going from one to 12. Um, and then I had a big issue going up from there. So I ended up going from 24 down to 13 and that's how I snuck like JT was in that category where I was like, you know, I just can't justify having these guys over Justin Thomas but after the top 12 for me, it was very difficult to pick like the next best golfer. It was sort of sorting through weaknesses. And I just like peak Justin Thomas over um, over the rest of these guys. And it, it really like for no other reason that I could not take like when I was making this list, I could not justify putting some of these guys who are definitely in better form over him on like a proverbial power rankings. But it's certainly not an endorsement, but that's why he's there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um this next one's tough for me. It's sort of between two guys back and forth, but I'm going to go with Justin Rose. Um, it was really bet- between him again um, and one other, but um, I just like his experience. I, I don't think he'll be rattled by the moment. Um, and I could see him definitely draining like some, some big key putts. So I'll go with Rosie. All right. I like that. That was the, that was the next guy on my list again. Um, all right. After him, Sepp Straka is my next pick. Um, sort of the first like pure big hitter on my team. Uh, I just like sort of the form. I love the form at the end of the year. And again, this was uh, for me, like, again, a, a less bad, like we're getting into the less bad territory for me. So um, that's where he sits. All right. Next for me is going to be uh, Max Homa. Um I, I love obviously how he started off the, the season obviously didn't finish as strongly as he would have liked, but um, you know, he's got a lot to prove. I think in this, it's, t- it's sort of time for him to start showing up at these like sort of big time events, majors, Ryder cups, things like that. If he wants to sort of be considered in that elite class. So um, I hope that he is able to do that. All right. I like that. Um, one guy I had before him, I'm going to take now and it's Ludwig Aberg. Um, is going to be on my team. A uh, very exciting prospect with with really no proof of concept yet. But again, I was sorting through just like who do I want? Who would I proverbially want over who I would not want? And you know, I sort of want the upside 
um, especially in match play that he would provide over these next few guys. Oh man. Well, you got four guys left, right? Five, five, five left. Okay. Um, okay. Next for me, I'm going to go with Sam Burns. Um, again, I just like his upside, not, um, incredibly impressed by his performance this season, but again, the guy just, he wins when he plays well. And so you just hope that he's going to sort of play well in this format and, um, yeah, we'll see. All right. All right. Love that. We are now definitely getting into the, you know, best of the worst here. Um, Bobby Mack is my next pick. Um, lefty, uh, good short game, great iron player, certainly has a lot of flaws, um, but so do these other guys. And, and I want him sort of on home soil um, in this match play competition where I think some of his skills can thrive. All right. I am going to go with Nikolai Hoygaard. Um, super young, obviously unproven, but ton of game. Uh, we saw him show up a couple times, a few times this year. Um, and so I think, you know, he's going to be under some, under some pressure for sure. But um, I think he'll be ready and willing to sort of step up and, and hope that he does. All right. So we obviously dislike the same two players the most. Um, so I'll take, <laughs> I'll take the, the, who I hope is the less shitty of the two. Um, give me Wyndham Clark. Uh, my 23rd ranked golfer in this exercise. Um, I just think the, the accuracy off the tee is going to be like a really big issue for him. Um, and that's why he fell so far on my list, but you know, does have some like gigantic balls in big moments. So I don't know if that will come into play, but I just think he's going to put himself in a lot of trouble, um, which will make it tough for him to, to be successful. All right. Give me Brian Harmon, baby. Get that, get that putter going out there. And, uh, Hopefully he's rolling the rock like he like he was uh, a couple months back. So I like my squad though. I gotta say, I I I I'm stunned. Like I just put sort of the overall thing. Like I think we see this sort of the same. Like I have the, our last four, our last four or five, six picks are my four or five, six last golfers. Um, yeah, I I don't like that. Two of the U.S. captains' picks are are two you know, lowest ranked golfers that's our, our, sorry, our two, two of our auto qualifiers are, uh, our, our two lowest ranked golfers. But, um, other than that, I do feel like we see this the same way. Is it, is it bad that two auto qualifiers for the U S are our two least preferred golfers? Like gotta be right. Um, I guess. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I guess it just means like some of the bigger names didn't show up this year and, I guess you could see it either way. I mean, it, it just it makes a lot of tough decision making on Zach Johnson's part. So, but would you rather have it the other way, like you know, throw in some of these guys as like auto qualifiers who you think should be right, like you would expect in a normal year, JT to be yeah. like an auto qualifier, right, or or whoever else. And then, so if they're in there now, they're just having to pick between these other like do like do you think Harmon? would have let's say even though he won the open championship he still was not an auto qualifier do you think he's a captain's pick just for winning that one major i don't know oh uh, uh, yeah i i sensically i'd like I mean, to say he probably would be right just because of the major but i yeah. just really i just i'm not a believer i'm just not yeah I, I just like the upside for me just isn't there like i know the solidness i get that and that is maybe it'll fit well at this course just like it did at the open but i just don't see that I just don't. And I'm fading like two of the made two of the four major winners. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, the last two majors of the year are just wild. Those performances, I mean, just out of nowhere. I mean, Wyndham, I know Wyndham had the win earlier in the season, but Harmon was was truly a surprise. So we'll see. Maybe they find that magic again. Hopefully, certainly need it. So I'm just trying to do like the top ten here. We got the U.S. So out of the out of the top ten, four USA, six Europe. Um, and I guess that makes it sort of sort of even, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of how I saw it. I mean, so Europe, um, six of the first nine, I guess is is. So I thought it'd be a little higher, like the higher end would be more definitively toward Europe if we actually yeah. stacked it up. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it's sort of a a, a Europe top, a a USA middle, and then you know if we're seeing it correctly, sort of like an even bottom. Um. Did you did you make like a one through twenty four list? No, I did not. I just ranked. Um, you know, what I made. I I kind of tried to play. I thought I might have an idea of the direction that you would go in, and so I tried to kind of like just do a mock of what I thought, how I thought it would play out, basically. But I did not just straight rank the guys one to twenty four. But what's your breakdown on your team of USA Europe guys? It's a good question. Three, one, four. Two, I think three. I have four Europe and eight USA. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that's correct. You, what did you say? I have eight and four USA, USA to Europe. Europe. Well, I have obviously the opposite. That's right. got to even out. Yeah. So I, you know, after the Scheffler pick, I was Europe for five straight, four straight, five straight after that. Um, and then all Europe to end uh, pretty much besides Wyndham. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if we can. Well, I'm going to save this list. Obviously, we'll have this in the written form, and we'll see. You know who uh, who comes out with the lower, I guess, points scored. Um, interesting exercise. I'm sure in the coming weeks we can get into. Uh, you know, we can get into you know some of the potential pairings, like our actual bets on the matter. Um, but again, don't want to smack everybody over the head with Ryder Cup talk um, until it happens. So I think this was a was a good amount of it with some good NFL. Um, yeah, I think we got we got a good uh, a good little format going for the for the dog days of golf going forward. Yeah, thank you to everybody who joined up in the uh, NFL Survivor Pool. Um, so appreciate that for sure. Please uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Also, make sure um, we do that. All these good things to help us uh, support is very much appreciated. Yep, Substack or survivinggolf.substack.com. Subscribe to the emails. Listen to the podcast. We have breaking news. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is injured and was helped off the field. That is uh, going to help very much my Cowboys play. I have them. Lo- I just want to let you know I have them locked in at three and a half. So we're not going above that. Um, that's how I want it on the books. I'm getting this that's, newsletter out right now before cap. that line changes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Out on the first drive was was helped off the field limping. So I'm sure that will be a major story uh, going Yikes. forward. But wow, you know, Jets fans just can't catch a break. Couldn't happen to a better group of people overall. So <laughs> you, you really hate this. Just class the whole organization. Yep. <laughs> all right. So that's that's great. And we will uh we'll catch you all next week.